Check, check, check yourself before I wreck yourself. And now it's time for FinCast. Boom, shakalaka. Wide receiver and fan favorite Brian Fennerin is talking Dirty Bird football. Powered by Scana Energy, the official natural gas partner of the Atlanta Falcons. Looking for Fennerin who leaps into the air, a touchdown. FinCast starts now. Falcons fans, you are tuned into FinCast, brought to you by Scanna Energy, the natural gas providers of your Atlanta Falcons, and alongside the one and only BFIN86, Brian Finneran. What up? I'm Tyler Nelson, and a down week for the Dirty Birds, and we are back to 500. Finn, as uh, we were just talking about off mic, talking about off mic, mm-hmm. um, I was at the game, but in a busy uh, suite and everything, so I saw it's the game, of course, but I didn't you know, catch some news, so like, you know. <laughs> You don't know that that's Clay's Campbell's 100th sack and everything if you're... if you're uh, Right. But listen, before we get into it, it, that's the funny thing about going to these games, especially in a suite with people and entertaining and a yeah. few beers here and there, and yeah. next thing you know, you don't know what the hell happened on the football field. Yeah. So that's part of the reason why sometimes it's nice to sit at home, especially if they talk about it the very next day yeah. <laughs> on the radio. So as much as I do love going to watch the Falcons play, um, I haven't been there yet this year. I plan on going to a couple, three games to, yeah, uh, to finish off left. the season. You're going to go to all three, you think? Uh, is it? We have four left, I think. Do we have four home games? Yeah. I thought we had three home games. Anyway, that notwithstanding, one positive note, I guess uh, you could say, is Clayus Campbell's 100th sack, which was cool. And then he did the Dirty Bird. He did. That was pretty neat to see him get that. He's been trying hard, and the fashion that he got it was pretty cool, too. He took the tackle or guard, whoever it was, and threw him on the club. Yeah. And then dove and, and tackled um, Sam Howell for the sack, his 100th of his career. And then he goes on to donate $100,000 to each of the oh cities he lived, he played in. I did not hear this. Jacksonville, Baltimore, here, and somewhere else to some schools, oh, a school fantastic. in the area. So just an unbelievable human being and, and obviously a really good football player for the, what, 15, 16 years he's yeah. been playing in the Yeah, NFL. that's absolutely awesome. I didn't hear about this. 100000 each? I think so. It's how it read. That's fantastic. Yeah. Man, good for Clayus Campbell. That's that's awesome. But that being the one silver lining, the oh. one shiny note, at least mine, we, yeah. I, I, we didn't win. We should have. We very easily could have, should have won that game, and yet. Let me tell you some numbers, we're back okay? To 500 loop First downs. Loss. I'm not going to tell you which team. So the Washington Commanders came in here and won 24 to 16. Uh-huh. One team had 25 first downs. Another, the other one had 13. You would think it's Commanders. That's right. It is not. Uh, mm-hmm. One team was 33% on third down. The other team was 20%. Okay? Okay. The winning team you right. would s- expect? One team ran 79 plays. The other team ran 50. I mean, it all adds up. One team had 400 yards. The other team had under 200 yards. Jesus. Just the whole thing went sideways. The problem is turnovers right. and turnover differential and punt return. So you give up a big punt return yep. in the early in the game where the commanders have to go like five yards for a touchdown. Yep. Put your defense in a terrible position, so that one's on special teams. Then you Can turn. I, let, me, let me ask you a question yeah. right there. Obviously, special teams is a different unit than defense. That's correct. However, would you say would you ultimately lump them into the same function? No, um, I know you do on on fantasy football. Right. So DST defense right. special teams. That is not the case because you have. Offensive players and defensive players playing on, the, on special right. teams. And you, a wide receiver, offensive player, played special teams yeah. yourself. In both special teams, 
all four core units, that's punt, punt return, kickoff, kickoff return. Right. Either set the stage for your offense or for your defense. Right. You either pin him down inside the 10 on a deep punt or you get a big punt return and set your offense up for success. Right. So I would not put them together. There's three equal phases okay. in football. Because in this instance, they got they got the huge punt return and down to like the 10 or the 5 or something like that. Yeah. And then, of course, a touchdown off that. So hard to fault our defense there, but it happened. So. 100%. So, yeah, no question about it. Totally agree there. And then he had three turnovers. So we've lost a turnover battle 8-0 to zero the last three oh games. We've only won one of those. Lucky to beat Houston, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Then you lose to Jacksonville, and then you lose to Washington. So you can't win football games giving up big punt returns and turning the football over. You three can times. do one or the other. Yeah. You can have, like, one interception and maybe give up a big punt return. Or give a big punt return and nothing else, but and then your defense is not getting turnovers. You have zero turnovers forced by your defense in the last three weeks as well, so nothing seems to be kind of coexisting together right now. We got to get that moving. I do like the fact that we move the ball up and down the field. Uh, and so that's what I was going to come to next was, was you, those statues gave the, the Falcons led in all those categories. It was just the turnovers that killed us then. Absolutely. What that means. And there was three. It wasn't turnovers. It was three interceptions specifically and a couple bad decisions and bad throws. One you cannot do in the red zone, backing up on your back foot, yep. throwing the ball up for grabs in the end zone and having to get picked off when you're coming down the field. So after a good showing by Desmond Ritter, and he's finally lost a home game now, what do um, what do you think of him? What is your I'm, now I'm okay. current thought? Because it seems to change every week uh, for me. Yeah, even. Like, I know, and it's going to continue to do that. you got people <laughs> calling for Taylor Heineke to yeah, come in and be yeah. the starter now, which is – Silly at this point in the season. Yeah, I think so too. You've groomed a young quarterback in Desmond Ritter to come in there and be the man all off season. You're giving him six weeks and shut him down. Just not how it works. And it's been, and he's gradually gotten better up until the second half of last week's game against Washington. He looked like he was making strides. He did a he did a nice job against uh, Houston to get that dub, and then he had a nice first half of the game into the th- third quarter against Washington where yeah. he was building and throwing balls and letting it rip and doing different things. and Touchdown to Kyle Pitts. Yeah, beautiful throw to Kyle Pitts down yep. in the red zone finally. Yes, it really was. Um, and then you just – I think coaches put him in a bad situation sometimes. I think the pressure got to him because of the play clock, the timeout down there in the red zone before that interception. You're asking young receivers, so this was another problem I had with the coaching. You have – yeah, I was going to ask you to come back to that. You said the coaching's put them in bad position, so tell me more about that. So they're late to the line of scrimmage, so I don't know if they're not getting the play in soon enough from the sideline. Uh-huh. There's uh, Miscommunication was the word of the week this week, which we haven't seen all year, so let's hope they get that cleaned up. The other thing I didn't like, we have a six foot four wide receiver in Drake London. We have a six six tight end in Kyle Pitts. We have a six three six four receiver in Mac Hollins. We have these big-body tight ends, Janu Smith, and we decided to take our young rookie running back in an empty set, put him out wide on the biggest third and one of the game, late in the game, and make him run a slant against a safety? Yeah. I mean, that's not what he does. I know he's a great athlete and can run routes. You're talking about that it was an out route, right? He, he that cuts. was earlier. This was a, this was a slant from, okay. from B. John Robinson, yeah. yeah. It just was not – I wouldn't have put him there. He got too many big receivers – to put a little running back out there to run a slant, mm-hmm. use his body, and get the one yard. Instead of running a good route, he runs the slant, kind of falls upfield, the corner is able to come underneath and intercept the football. Oh, and, and jump the pass. And you're jump screwed, yeah. So 
put your players in the best position possible as a coaching staff, and I don't think they did that. And going back to the the play that I just mentioned that I thought you were talking about at first, mm-hmm. was it was 3-1 and one or 3-2, and two, something like that, and it was an out route, right? Where he yeah, cuts, Van Jefferson ran it, it out. It was Van Jefferson, and he, he cuts out away from the quarterback on a short to go mm-hmm. to get the first down. It, that Me and Xander from Atlanta Panic Company were sitting there watching this together, and we were like, that's a bad call, right? On a, With a rookie quarterback, for all intents and purposes, on a short to go, why would you not cut him in front, right? Why would you not slant in front like that, a crossing route or something? So they've run this— Or is that just mis, a misread on our part? Kind of a misread on you guys' part. It just—it's it's a play they run a bunch. It's called spacing, mm-hmm. and you have different guys going to different areas. So you have a bunch set, and one guy is going— to the out route, one guy kind of hooks up over the ball, and the other guy goes over the middle, and it's called spacing because the idea of that is you're going to have an opportunity outside. If you don't like it there, take the guy on the hook up on the inside because there's space in there, or the guy over the ball in the middle where you've created enough spacing uh, where you can get get a nice make a nice play and, and get it. But they've ran that play a bunch. The cornerback saw it. The throw was bad and inside, and the receiver was running to the sideline. And when you throw it behind the receiver. With a DB jumping it, it's you're destined for an interception and a bad play. And that's why, to me, I think what we what our thought was, and everything you just said makes a lot of sense. Of course, that it just seemed like you were making it harder for Desmond Ritter on that kind of yeah. pass to make a completion. But it was third and seven. It was just it was it was a bad throw, and and, and, leave, and let's leave it there, I guess. Um, Unfortunate so, loss, there, disgusting. A game you should have you like we just talked about. You ha- you were in position to win if you took care of the football. Do you have any major takeaways from all that? Can't happen again. Can't see that nonsense happen again on that football field. I guess I mean, is it, is it indicative of this team? Is it indicative of this coaching staff? No, this, because I haven't seen that all year. I haven't seen or heard the word miscommunication. I haven't seen play clock issues where the clock's winding down. Mm-hmm. And you have to burn a timeout right after you spike a football. So there's a lot of stuff that happened in clutch moments in the fourth quarter this in this game against Washington that I haven't noticed yet. Yeah. So as long as it doesn't happen again, I'm I'm not super worried about it. It's one of those because things. Because we moved the ball. Right. And he got up and down the field, and we haven't seen it before. In the past, two-minute drills, he's done a really nice job. In clutch moments and situations, mm-hmm. he's been he showed composure. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to chalk this one up to a bad day at the office. And uh, But if I see it again, then we have a big conversation about what's going on, why it's happening again, who's at fault. Is it the quarterback this time? Is it the head coach not getting the plays in again? Is it clock management again? So I don't foresee us having issues like that again, so yeah. I think we're going to be okay. It was just sloppy yes. all around. It was just sloppy. Yeah. So moving on then to Tampa Bay this week, who lost also. So we are, what, co-lead? No, they, I guess they still lead the division because they, they had one had, less loss. They had a bye week. and they Because they had a bye week already. So but they lost two. this past weekend too. Um, what Detroit are, got them 20-6, to six, I believe. What are, we, what are we facing in our division rivals in Tampa Bay? When you think about... Tampa Bay, a lot of times you think about defense because they were so good on defense for so long. Right. They still are really good. They have a lot of players on the defensive line that will make life hard on you. Mm-hmm. They play 3-4. Vita Vea is the big fatty. Oh, I mean, I giant team. Jeez. Yeah. athletic nose tackle that makes life hard at 6-4, 350, mm-hmm. and athletic. Yeah, he's a You beast. just don't see guys yeah. like that. I, guy I think about is Grady Jackson. Uh, Shady Grady. <laughs> no, Shady Grady we called him. Because he cast a shadow on everybody. He was that big. <laughs> this guy's even bigger and maybe even better at what he does in the middle there. So Vita Vey is going to be the key. He's questionable this week. I'm not sure what his injury is, but if he can stay questionable and not play, that would be fantastic. That would be awesome. I will take it. And they got a linebacker group that's really, mm-hmm. really good and veteran. 
late in Devin White, Levante David, and Shaq Barrett. All three of those guys can absolutely fly around and make plays. The, the defensive backfield isn't quite what it used to be. They're giving up some passing yards and doing some things there, but as a team, still solid. Baker Mayfield at the quarterback position has had a decent year. Last year was their worst game of the season against Detroit, where Detroit made us look bad, too. Yeah, yeah. Detroit's, Detroit's a good team, so they're, which uh, feels weird to say yeah. out loud. But, yeah, so Baker Mayfield, uh, how's he playing overall, though? Uh, pretty good. 65% completion percentage, 1,000 yards, good touchdown numbers, I think, seven touchdowns, three picks. So kind of on par with our quarterback, yeah, if you think about enough. it. Yeah, I, but he's also squirrely. I mean, he can run around yeah, and make move. you miss and, and keep plays alive. So if you don't get him on the ground, he will hurt you in the pass game, scramble drill, and that kind of stuff. So do you think we employ a spy during? I don't think he's that, it's that important. There, there may be certain plays and down in distances where you think a spy is one of those things necessary or you drop out a defensive lineman that's athletic to kind of keep an eye on him. Mm -hmm. But that's not the kind of player he is anymore, I don't think. And and I think uh, if you just get after him, contain him inside the pocket, maybe that was the other thing we should have mentioned about the Washington game. We had five sacks against Sam Howell. We doubled our output for the entire season in one game. So we're sitting at 10 right now. If we can have three sacks this game against Baker, make life tough on him. I think uh, the defense has played really, really well all season long continue to do that and I think uh, we can find a way to beat them in Tampa and it, and to that I'm glad you finished that since that way in Tampa where this is an away game you played there what is that you got the stupid like, pirate ship and cannon yeah. fires off scares people that aren't ready for it yeah. all the time uh, whether you're playing or in the stands it's a good I, I always like playing in Tampa I think they have a great grass field mm-hmm. I, I didn't mind playing on tur- on the new field turf it's like grass but to go Touch grass, feel grass, dive, catch, slide on grass is pretty neat. I like doing it. Um, so that'll be a little different for the guys. Uh, they played on it a couple weeks ago in London. Yep. Um, but well, different- the uh, NFL Players Union is trying to. I know. <laughs> it's impossible. Yeah. 13, 13 of these domed or interior, inside arenas, stadiums, whatever, like yeah. Mercedes Benz, are turf. They're turf for reasons. Well, and There's and not you sunshine can, coming it's, through. It's hard to do grass. concerts and events with grass right yeah, is that that's that, the main issue that's part of it but you also not every building that's built like that is is like arizona where you can roll a field in and out right we don't have that kind of property or space to do it here no, no right you not do that in Atlanta. Atlanta. <laughs> and a lot of a lot of places don't either yeah. so i get the idea of it i understand there's been some concussions on the field turf maybe a little harder when you fall on it but the product, uh, the way it's growing, the um, the science behind it, it's really a pretty good deal. And I really don't buy the fact that there's more injuries on it. I think you get hurt when you get hurt. Your right. body's, right. you're asking your body to do so much, it's going to break itself. It point. seems like a very negligible, like even if there is one or a couple, like that's such a... I have to go back and look at the numbers. Somebody just came out with a, a study on it. and um, It sounded like they were saying it was, it was pretty obvious that the field turf was a problem. And that's why the NFL PA... And some of the guys, the players, are mm-hmm. bringing this this up as far as trying to get every stadium to have grass. I just don't think don't it's think feasible. Yeah. It's not. Well, if, but, if they want to pay for it. Player, yeah. Players Association want to give back some money and pay for it. Maybe they'll think about it. Yeah, not likely. Going back to Tampa Bay, though, it's not too intimidating of a because it's, it's an open air stadium, right? right? So it's not going to be it's sound enclosed. And, yeah, I have never two places that I played a lot: Carolina and Tampa. Never seemed, never felt intimidating, never felt scary, never felt like the f- crowd was on top of you. I was mm-hmm. never scared or nervous about the crowd noise or anything. I mean, they could be loud, but never one of those 
never it's really a factor. No, no, no. Well, clearly, yes. Green Bay's kind of loud, but never, never like an intimidation factor. Just a handful of places that get super loud. Seattle. Seattle's the one. In New Orleans. Yeah. Oh, was, yeah. Yes. yeah. Super New Orleans. Yeah. So, or no, also Mercedes-Benz. Excuse me, it's not the Superdome anymore. It's the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, right? Is it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the Mercedes-Benz no. also. They just ended the, Mercedes-Benz just ended just their relationship them. with New Orleans and the Superdome. Okay, good. So it may just call it the Superdome now. Caesars Superdome. They just call Caesars. Caesars Superdome. Caesars. So when we got Mercedes-Benz Stadium, we I think there was a one-year carryover maybe where there were Mercedes-Benz did overlap. Okay. That's it. So now it's Caesars. Good, good, good. All right, so Mercedes-Benz is ours. Uh, Tampa Bay is not an intimidating place to play. Last weekend sucked. What do you think happens this weekend? What do I think happens? <laughs> yeah. Golly. Hope, I think, hope and think are different. Okay, very good, I know. <laughs> I think we go down there. I think we learn from our mistakes. I think we tighten it up a little bit. I think we continue to play really good defense. I think we get on a little roll of sack roll. Let's get some more sacks, multiple sacks yeah. in this game as well. And I think we figure out a way to win. And I don't think it's going to be pretty. Yeah. And I don't think many games we have this this year are will be very be. pretty. No. I hope uh, we have a couple explosive plays. We have really not had like that no. 55, 60-yard bomb go route, even just a catch and run. Catch a 15-yarder and take it to the house. Yeah, Julio Do Jones something. special, right. That's exactly right. In the running game, my bet not last week on the uh, on Friday for the locker room on 680 The Fan was Bijan Robinson bet not come out of this game without a touchdown, rushing yeah. touchdown. He has zero rushing yep. touchdowns yep. on the season. Yep, zero. And, and you take him out in the red zone last week too. The whole thing is so. See, that's one of those again. That's one of those things that I even catch being at the game. That's ridiculous. You take your biggest weapon, even if he's on the field, you don't you don't give him the ball, right. the rock. Like, come on, man, put him I know on the field. Tyler Algiers is a like, batting ram, but which I always there was going back to Julio Jones was always a problem. He'd take himself out of a game on a big third down. It's like, dude, even if you're come on. Like news this week, by the way, Julio Jones signs a new deal oh, yeah, uh, with, the with the Philadelphia Eagles. They put one of their receivers, Quez Watkins, on IR. So they needed some depth in that room, and Julio would go in there as a fourth guy. And last time he played a full season was 2018. Ooh. I think he played in 10 games last year for Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. year before that, he paid it, played in like 12 for Tennessee, I think. Mm-hmm. So he is um, he's an added piece to that offense, and, and, and he has a chance to go deep in the postseason with that team, yeah. too, if he yeah. can, if which he can is stay a, which, healthy. Yeah, good for him. Lucky exactly. you, I guess. that. Should have had a Super Bowl ring already, but that's a different story. Very true. <laughs> Son of a... Son of a bitch. Anyway, all right. Um, so, Tampa Bay this weekend, if we win, we go to 4-3, and three, and they go to 3-3, th- uh, three and three, would put us in lead of the division, which is like saying the tallest midget, I think. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, the tallest little person. Thank Excuse you very me. much. Jeez. Um, but I guess uh, wait and see what happens. I don't... You know, I'm with you. I think it's like probably going to be... If we win, it's probably going to be messy and yeah. grind one out. 24-21 type deal. Unless they start doing something different, that's what we're going to live by all year long. You go to Tampa this week. The following week you have Tennessee Titans. So you're on the road for two mm-hmm. straight weeks. Mm-hmm. And you need to get a – and not only for the team and the mojo and everything else, but for this city and for this fan base to want to be back in that Benz versus the Minnesota Vikings in three weeks on November 5th to fill that thing up and be loud, you have to win these games. You have to keep us in it. Yes. You be have to keep us in relevant. It. Yes. When you get back here, you got to be 4-4 four and four or 5-3. and three. 
You just cannot be anything other And, and I think we're that. too far into the Arthur Smith tenure to still be making excuses about not being competitive. Like, I get it if we don't have the exa- the quarterback exactly the one we right. want or need. We don't have the, the next Matt Ryan yet, but we're too far into his regime to be still making yeah. excuses about so. uh, miscommunication. Right. So That'll be the last you hear of that, in my humble uh, opinion. It better be. Yeah, that's right. So, from a communication platform, we don't want to hear any more miscommunication. All right, Finn, we'll see what happens, I guess, with the Dirty Birds against Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay this Sunday at 1 o'clock. Hopefully we've got better news and more positivity to talk about next week on Bimcast. Rise up. Thank you for tuning in to Fincast, brought to you by Scanna Energy, the official natural gas partner of the Atlanta Falcons. Fincast is hosted by Brian Finneran, co-hosted and executive produced by Tyler Nelson. If you'd like to reach out to the show, email Tyler at tyler at 680thefan.com. Fincast is hosted by 680thefan on thepodcastpark.com and is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Opening and closing music by Atlanta band Gringo Star and their song, I Will Not Follow. Thanks for tuning in to Fincast. We'll see you next week. Appreciate you, dog. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. 
You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. When you buy a used car, don't be taken for a ride. Get Ford Blue Advantage certified at Wade Ford, Atlanta's headquarters for factory certified pre-owned vehicles. Go to wadeford.com. There you'll find a great selection of Ford Blue Advantage certified used cars, trucks, and SUVs. With Blue certified, nearly all makes and all models are in stock now. You'll find something perfect for just about any budget. Buy with confidence at the Wade Ford factory certified used car outlet at wadeford.com. Wade Ford, we are Atlanta's Ford dealer. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan Wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. 